This is Herb Kressel. Uh, this month, we have available uh, transcripts of the podcast discussions. Uh, we've learned that uh, many of our listeners and viewers may not uh, be that familiar with English as a, uh, as a language, and uh, we feel that the transcripts will be helpful in furthering their understanding of medical English. We hope you enjoy the podcast, and we hope you enjoy the transcripts. Uh, please contact us uh, with any uh, suggestions for further improvement. Thank you. Good morning. It is um, my pleasure today uh, to introduce two papers from radiology uh, that will be published in February 2016. And uh, those two papers comes to us from uh, the uh, Dr. Wu, who is from the University of uh, uh, University Hospital of Taiwan uh, in uh, Taipei, Taiwan. And the title of this paper is Elasticity of Coracohumeral Ligament in Patient with Adhesive Capsulitis of the Shoulder. And the second paper is uh, uh, from University Hospital of uh, Zurich in Switzerland. And uh, this paper is by uh, Dr. Roscoff and colleague. And the title of the paper is Quantitative Shear Wave Ultrasound Elastography of the super, Supraspinatus Muscle. And this is for uh, about reliability of method uh, relation to tendon integrity, integrity and muscle quality. So good morning, both of you, Dr. Roscoff from uh, Zurich and uh, Dr. Wu from uh, Taipei, Taiwan. Uh, happy New Year. Uh, yeah, good night for you. Happy New Year. And uh, uh, I will start actually my uh, uh, discussion here by um, asking Dr. Wu, uh, what prompted you to do your study? Uh, thank you. Uh, my study is focused on adhesive capsulitis of the shoulder and also known as frozen shoulder. And it is characterized by loss of glenohumeral humeral motion. And in clinical practice, we treat it with uh, oral medication, physical therapy, and or ultrasound-guided intraarticular injection of steroid. And this method may reduce pain and improve shoulder range of motion, especially anterior flexion. However, external rotation usually remains restricted. And because it limits the t- patient's ability to do some activities of daily living, such as uh, hair washing or dressing. <laughs> and from textbook, we know that the crocohumeral ligament is the main restraint of shoulder external rotation. And previous studies using ultrasound or MR imaging have shown that a thickened CHL, a crocohumeral ligament, is associated with frozen shoulder. And it has been proposed that a tightened crocohumeral ligament may restrict external rotation in patients with frozen shoulder. But a comparison of the elasticity of the crocohumeral ligament in frozen shoulder patients has never been conducted. Uh, therefore, we are interested in, uh, in this and conduct. So that's why we conduct this study. And, uh, why do you think this is uh, important? Why the uh, knowledge of, you know, the elasticity is important at this point? Yes, Does because the application um, in treatment, for example. Yeah, pre- previous uh, treatment focused on the whole joint capsule, for example, hydrodissection or intraarticular steroid injection. But uh, in in our experience, the external rotation is rarely treated 
by this conventional therapy. We want to know uh, how, uh, what is the role of the crocohumeral ligament in these patients. Maybe we can do some intervention to the crocohumeral ligament to make the patients have better external rotation. Yeah, that's what we think. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Wu. I'm going to turn to Dr. Roscoff and um, ask her the same question. So why did you do this study? Yeah, um, we wanted to evaluate uh, the shear wave ultrasound elastography in the rotator cuff because uh, up to now there are no data available using our ultrasound machine with this technique. And uh, we thought that this technique um, could add um, important information to assess uh, muscle quality. Because up to now, um, radiologists uh, only talk about the fatty muscle infiltration in the rotator cuff and about muscle volume atrophy. But we think that um, the muscle stiffness, stiffness can also um, add important information for assessment of uh, the rotator cuff muscles. Because we know that um, our surgeons, when they operate on patients with rotator cuff tears, with full retraction, they have difficulties um, when they want to reattach a tendon muscle unit that is really stiff. So in these patients, it can be very helpful for evaluation of the muscle tissue preoperatively. So you think the stiffness would be clinically or arthroscopically related to what you see on or correlated with what you see in a few wave elastography? This can be, of course, we have no proof yet, but this can be an interesting uh, topic for the future. Okay. Uh, Dr. Wu, I come back to you, and I want to just say that adhesive capsulitis, as you introduced, is a clinical diagnosis. So my, my question would be, what is the add value of your uh, shear wave elastography measurements to the clinical diagnosis itself, or simply to the ultrasound, conventional ultrasound? Uh, for diagnosis, uh, uh, in, in, that's just my opinion. Uh, let me explain my uh, our study's results in briefly. Uh, imagine the crocodilian ligament as this rubber band, and it, it is normal and it is thin. So we are easily we can easily stretch it. Okay, but in the frozen shoulder patients, the crocodilian ligament is thicker and also very tightness. So we cannot stretch it. Easy. So we uh, we hypothesize that uh, maybe we can target this ligament in those patients who cannot do external rotation easily. For example, uh, doing steroid injection just into the crocodilian ligament. Okay, uh, that's actually a good point. And um, if I turn now to a Dr. Roscoff. Um, I found actually your data a little bit intriguing, and uh, actually as a conclusion, you uh, concluded that uh, the findings of the study uh, showed here the shear wave tends to decrease with the increase of infiltration, and that's for Gutierrez 1 to 3. But when it comes to Gutierrez 4, which is a huge, I mean, the, the severe um, inf fatty infiltration of the supraspinatus, then your actually shear wave results will re-increase. Can you just tell us a little bit about, you know, what happened here? 
Yeah, normally you would expect that with increasing fatty infiltration, your shear wave velocities would drop. So um, you would have the most decreased values in uh, Guta stage 4, but that is not what we found. Um, we don't really know why we found uh, these measurements, but one explanation could be that um, the fatty infiltration Guta 4 we found in patients with full thickness tears with a full retraction of the su supraspinatus muscle. And uh, it is known from animal studies, if you detach a muscle, then first your stiffness in the muscle decreases in the days after the detachment. But then after a few weeks, 8 to 16 weeks, um, it's known that the stiffness re-increases in this muscle. So perhaps our measured patients, they were detached for a longer time. And that could be an explanation why we measured higher values in these patients. Okay. Um, if I go back actually to the practical measurements here, Dr. Wu, can you tell us a little bit about the time needed uh, for uh, the shear wave elastography to be uh, performed? Uh, you, you mean the uh, learning curve, right? Um, I would say yes. Learning curve is a very good, actually, an interesting question. And also, what, what time you add for the ultrasound, conventional ultrasound, uh, you know, to, 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 uh, to measure that uh, shear wave elastography of the coracohemoral ligament? Is it one yeah. minute? Is it two minutes? Uh, actually, the measurement of, of the elasticity of the crocodile ligament is very difficult. Yeah, to be honest, uh, I spend about uh, 30 minutes for one patient. Yeah, because yeah, because the uh, first crocodile ligament is difficult to identify. True. Yeah, and we need to do internal rotation and external rotation to confirm the. Uh, upper border and the lower border of the crocodile human ligament. And also because we use the supersonic shear imaging and the uh, elastography on the machine is, uh, it, it changed in real time. So we have to wait until the image uh, become very stable and then we take the picture. And so it takes a lot of time and it needs, uh, actually needs practice. So what is actually the time for practice, as you said? What is the, uh, the time needed to be a good uh, shear wave ultrasonographer? <laughs> uh, I, I, I cannot say I'm a good uh, elastographer. Yeah, but uh, for to, to obtain an uh, optimal uh, image, actually I practice on um, almost 30 to 40 patients. Okay. After that, I, I am confident that my imagery quality is good. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's a long time. Thank you. Um, Dr. Roshkov, how about you? Uh, that measurement of the elastography of the shear wave elastography of the supraspinatus muscle. Yeah, I think um, the time you need for the elastography depends on the tissue that you want to assess. Because um, if you want uh, to assess a whole muscle, so it's really easy to put a probe on the supraspinatus muscle. And you can do the elastography in about uh, two to three minutes. That's not a problem. But I think if you have such a small ligament as a coracohormonal ligament, it can be really difficult to find and to do it. 
Okay, my question to you both, because I, 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 um, I thought that uh, it would be much more easy to be honest, but let's say now we have uh, one of you is in Zurich and the other one is in Taipei, and I'm actually sitting here in Boston. If I want to just do this, do you think there, there would be a uh, difference between machines that we use in different countries or, or you know, different machines, different brands? Uh, there would be different results here, or you think the results would be the same? I will I will uh, give it actually to Dr. Wu to answer and then you, Dr. Ross. Oh, uh, it, it's a good question. Uh, actually, in our hospital, we have only sonic shear imaging and uh, the students Accusant S2000. That's an older one. So actually, for the Accusant S2000, the region of interest on the elastography, on the VT, VTI and VTQ is too big for a ligament. So, uh, in my own uh, experience, we can only use the shear, sorry, supersonic shear imaging. Yeah, but I don't have experience on the Accusant S3000, so maybe we should ask Professor. What do you you think, Dr. Roscoe? I think uh, from published data, it's known that um, the absolute values of your shear wave velocity um, are different from uh, one manufacturer to the other. So you can only compare measurements when you have, if you have the same ultrasound machine. And there are some other factors that can influence your measurements. Um, for example, the orientation of your transducer. So for muscle tissue, it's important that you align it uh, parallel to the long axis of the muscle fibers because then you get uh, other values than if you would turn them perpendicular to the muscle fibers. Um, it is known that measurements are dependent of your position. So, for example, if you have a normal position of the, the shoulder or the arm, you get other values than if you do a 90-degree abduction. And um, furthermore, um, shear wave elastography velocity is dependent on the depth of the cess tissue. So if you have a muscle lying very deep, you get lower um, shear wave velocities than in more superficial tissue. And um, it is also known that it's um, dependent on the age of the patients. For example, um, for supraspinatus muscle, it's known that with increasing age, your um, muscle stiffness decreases. So, and uh, that's one point why we tried to match our patients with um, volunteers of the same age and same gender. Because these, these factors can all influence your measurements. Um, so, the reality these two papers relates to ultra, um, ultrasound shear wave elastography measurements in the shoulder. One of them on human ligament, the other one in supraspinatus um, elasticity. So, um, from this point of view, Dr. Wu, how do you think these two papers, the results of these two papers, relate to each other? In your opinion? Uh, in my opinion. Uh, in frozen shoulder, usually in primary frozen shoulder, the supraspinatus tendon should be uh, normal. Yeah, it is a uh, disease of joint capsule. And uh, because I don't have uh, too much experience on the muscles, so actually I, I cannot answer this question. Okay, how about actually you, Dr. Roscoff? Do, do you think there is actually any relationship in uh, you using actually those results together? The two papers here? Um, I think both try to um, add some information 
that cannot be found if you only do um, B-mode ultrasound. So they try to assess uh, stiffness of a tissue, and you cannot do it with another imaging modality with ultrasound up to now. So uh, that's the strength of the papers. Let me let me know, just you know, give a general impression here. So we have um, these results; they are there. Um, we've actually communicating with you in this. Uh, um, absolutely nice uh, conversation. I, I can see that it's not easy. Um, very honestly, I, I do think myself, I don't do this uh, elastography as a matter of fact, conventional ultrasound in my uh, department. But let's say um, it looks like it's a little bit difficult to apply it. But I do think myself, it's a great venue for research and for, uh, again, for clinical practice. So I want to just ask you, Dr. Rostock, what do you think the next step in clinical practice and in research to bring um, to uh, the uh, wave elastography as a, I would say, as an additional uh, measurement to a conventional ultrasound? Of course, we have to do research with some more patients and uh, a bigger study population. But I think the problem, if you want to compare, compare the different um, study papers, is that they are not consistent because some researchers, they only publish the shear modulus in kilopascal, and the others only um, publish the shear wave velocity in meters per second. And then it's really, really difficult to compare the results. So I think we have to find some kind of consistency. What do we report in our studies? Well, thank you very much. Uh, I do think it was a very interesting, actually, uh, um, kind of conversation. And I want to just, uh, again, thank you because... Uh, uh, of the time difference uh, for joining us uh, this morning, and uh, I hope that uh, you'll find this uh, discussion very uh, interesting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.